to the Flying Solo Podcast, a show for those going it alone in business. If you're working solo or have dreams of starting up, you'll find support, inspiration and advice at Australia's largest and liveliest small business community. Find us at flyingsolo.com.au or join us on Facebook. Here's your host, Robert Gerrish. Hello all and welcome to another Flying Solo Podcast. If you've yet to check out premium membership, please do as there's a mass of tools and benefits to help your business stand out and to ensure you stay at the top of your game. As part of membership, you get a full page listing in our directory, entry to a private discussion group, access to a library of over 80 how-to videos, a copy of our best-selling book and much more, all for just $99. Head to the join page to find out more. Now look, my guest today began her working life in financial accounting and held a number of roles in areas as diverse as childcare and the automotive industry. She had a foray into her own business around 12 years ago, a business that she built to a staff of 16 and a client base of over 250 before being lured back to employment. Well, happily last year, she escaped again to her own venture and today runs an outsourced receptionist service. She's a regular contributor to Flying Solo and one of her recent articles looked at closing the startup gap. And it's a concept that I, for one, want to understand a little further. So, Naomi Stockman, thank you so much for joining us. Hi, Robert. Thank well, you for having me. Uh, great. Well, look, it's good to have you here. Now, this, this, this whole topic of closing the startup gap, I thought it was a, a great piece that you wrote. And I thought that, you know, there's a, whether you're in startup or indeed whether you've been kind of running your business for a while, there were some great points that you made. And, and one of the things was the, uh, you kind of alluded to this whole sort of complexity and busyness of a startup. So how do you sort of see it? You know, someone who's just starting, what do you observe? What sort of things do you see going on in those sort of businesses? So from the clients that I've consulted in my previous business, I've noticed that people start with an idea. They might start to slowly sell their product or service to people that they know or find that there's a sort of niche market or a a gap in the market that they can fill. Mm -hmm. And from that idea, they'll sort of envisage what their business will look like but not really understand how to get there. Yeah, God, isn't that true though? It's, you know, it's having this sort of germ of an idea, being really excited about it, and then the realities sort of start to step in, don't they? So what, you know, again, what, what's, um, how do people sort of often kind of present to you when you're, when you're working with them? Well, there's definitely a lot of passion and mm. a lot of um, inspiration there, and that's the, the great thing about when somebody is starting a business, that they've got a lot of, um, motivation and they will put in the long hours um, because it, they are so passionate they often will do most of the the doing themselves so mm. they may not if they've never done a business before they may not know exactly where to go or who to go to for certain specialist things like company or business structures mm. um, you know branding design um, online presence um, sure. You know, so there's the this, legal side of it, yeah. Yeah. So there's this tendency of, of trying to tackle everything, and I suppose, 
you know, I suppose we'd both agree that, um, you know, it's good to understand these things. But I think, you know, as you, the point that you make in your, your article that you wrote, I think you had sort of three pretty clear points. And I'll, I'll, I'll get you to talk about the first one of those in a moment. But it's, you know, I think what you're saying there is, or what was perhaps what we, we both are saying, is that, is that whilst it's good to know what you need to do, you just don't have to do everything. So your, your first point was um, about outsourcing. So what are your thoughts on that, again, from this sort of, as you say, this kind of uh, this startup gap and the, the error that we sometimes make with outsourcing? Well, I think from just one particular couple comes to mind that um, I sat down with several years ago uh, before the wood fire pizza became really trendy. Right. And they had had just built one themselves and, and also done one for a family member. And they had an idea of, you know, bringing wood fire pizza to people's backyards. Hmm. And, you know, they, they came and sat down with me um, to talk about, you know, how they would set that business up. And they hadn't actually thought about the process of how it would work from, you know, how they would reach their, their market, their, their potential customers, who the potential customers were, if they got a lead, um, how would they quote it? You know, what would the quote look like? Mm. How were they going to invoice it? Who would deliver? They didn't sort of understand that, um, you know, the whole process of having a business or having a business is a process. It's a series of processes. So right from the, the point where you put your first ad out, so people might think, oh, we'll put something in people's mailboxes or in the newspaper or online. So when that customer gets your, your brochure, how are they going to contact you? So how, how quick is the turnaround going to be for mm. a response from you? And all that stuff really matters as far as how you present your business. Yeah, look, and it's um, it's such a good point. And you know, to someone who's kind of listening, who's maybe running their business, they're going, "Well, yes, you know, obviously I do all that." But it's so true, as you say, that in when we're starting up, we just don't think about those things. We don't have those um, processes established uh, in in any way. So, what do you what do you, I mean? What did you say to those people, the wood fire pizza people? Did you sort of sit them down and go, right? Here's what we need to do. How do, how do you sort of approach that with somebody new? Well, you don't want to overwhelm people with the things are too big or too hard to approach. It's not too big or too hard. It's quite mm. simple. It's thinking about a time when you actually contacted a business and the experience that you had. So when you phoned them, who answered the phone? How did they sound? Did you go to voicemail? You know, were you able to contact them straight away? If you sent an online inquiry, did you hear back? within a few hours or was it days or not at all so what I suggest is getting a, a pack of um, post-it notes and mm -hmm. just stepping out the process maybe stick it on a wall or a mirror or whatever and say one the client phones mm. who answers you know two I pick it up on my mobile or I divert it to here or whatever yep three um, this is the email that we send out and these are the attachments or whatever the process is that you need. So if you're quoting something that has uh, that requires you to attend a site and do a physical measure, then there would be an appointment system in place. What appointment system or scheduling system are you going to use? What, how is your quote going to look? What's your process for converting that quote to a sale? So mm. there's a follow-up process. So. Yeah, look, I, I love the way that you're talking about doing that. So 
firstly, sort of thinking of, of somewhere where you have uh, transacted in the way that people might transact with your business, um, whether that's someone in the same sort of industry or I guess it could be in a, in a completely different business. Um, but then that, <clears throat> that notion of, of actually pulling apart every single step um, I think it's just such a such a good way to do it because it gets you thinking, okay, well, what if I'm on the job working with somebody and I can't answer the phone? You know, what's going to happen then? What do we do in that situation? It starts you thinking, doesn't it, about all those various steps? Well, the main thing in, in business, one of the, the investments that you'll have initially is advertising. So if you're advertising and that advertising's working, you're going to get a response and that will be people trying to contact you. So it is important that you then capture those leads and follow them up. And people are at different stages of the buying process as well. So someone might be ringing you for a quote or to inquire that's not ready to buy for several months, whereas someone else might be ready to, to go right now. So it's mm. important that you don't miss those leads because that will, you know, translate to reduced sales. Of course, yeah. And I was thinking of a situation I had myself very recently where I was um, booking a photographer for a little job. And the first photographer I got in touch with um, didn't respond for oh, about five days, I think. And I was, you know, I was kind of wanted to get things moving. Um, and so then I sort of approached another photographer because I thought, okay, well, that guy's obviously away on holiday or something. Um, and then he did respond, but the response w was sort of, you know, sorry, I'm a bit late responding. I'll get back to you soon. And then that led to another two or three days. Then the quote didn't arrive. You know, it's all these little things. Well, they, they're not little things, but they're things that from a customer's perspective, they're all signals, aren't they? In the end, the signal I took from that is, this guy doesn't want this job. He doesn't want to do mm. this job, you know? And it's so interesting. We do pick up these signals. And how often have, you know, Naomi, must have, you must have come across it so many times. You work with somebody, you have to chase them three times to get an invoice for the work they've done. You know, it's these whole, just setting up these systems from the get-go, having some idea of how we want to um, interact and as you say the whole sales sales process um, just so so important so when and I guess you know what in, in your article you know you talk very specifically about outsourcing clearly that's where your business is centered so presumably by going through these steps it's then very easy for someone to go okay so steps two three and four we could get someone else to do that. Is that the, is that the kind of the, the way that you approach it? Well, there's two aspects to outsourcing. There's in the initial business setup, making sure that you've got the expert knowledge required to set up the business correctly. And then when you're setting up your operating processes, your sales processes, your delivery processes, that's, that's another area of outsourcing. Because if you're on the ground doing the doing, then you can't be out doing the selling. So... That's um. There's only a certain amount of hours in a day, and mm. it's important that if you're the owner of the business or a key person in a business, that your time's being spent where it gives the most return. Yeah, and so, again, that's again such a great point, and it, it's such a common one. I find, you know, I speak to businesses, and they're saying, "Well, I haven't got enough customers," and then you say, "Well, okay, so how much time are you spending looking for customers?" And so often the response is, "Well." I don't have any time because I'm doing the paperwork and I'm doing this and I'm answering the phone and 
you know, doing all those other things that are not the core thing they need to be doing. So even if, I guess, even if in a startup, if maybe then they don't have a great budget for outsourcing, at least we can have our eye on the kind of things that we will outsource once we get to, you know, such and such a level. That's right. And and sometimes when we outsource, we also get a, a much better return as well, which covers the cost of the outsourcing. Mm. So at one company comes to mind for me, and this is a, a company that is actually a current client who offers window tinting, and they, they have online advertising on Facebook and various channels, but um, they were answering their own phone calls and giving the quotes to the callers mm. and then they outsourced that step and used you know a script and a pricing sheet or whatever and so now the an outsourced receptionist is taking the initial lead yep. asking all for all the details you know name number what type of vehicle you know this sort of thing and giving them a quote the lead gets sent through to the office of the tinting company so they're not interrupted by the phone and then they can go and, uh, you know, allocate a time to call these people back and the conversion rate on those jobs has increased to 90%. Gosh, so, that's good. And that is because when people are shopping around, they might ring five, six people, get a price, etc. but we're the ones that call them back now. So, mm, And look- half the time you can't even remember who you rang anyway. So. <laughs> no, not, that's such a good example. And... Um, you know, for for businesses like that where you're trying to kind of deliver a job and your phone keeps ringing, you know, it distracts you from the customer that you're with, which is never a good look anyway. Um, you know, in it, as you say, often you will, if you're if you're out serving a customer when someone else is ringing you, um, you may find that you don't give the attention to that call that you should because you're itching to get back to the work in hand. So these are all sort of um, issues that can really contribute to, you know, a real breakdown in, in or loss of sales opportunity, isn't it? Now, sales is, you know, this whole area of um, sales and sales education, again, is a topic that you talk about. So tell us a little about your thoughts around that. Well, obviously, if you um, are new to business, then business is probably something that you're not trained in. And business encompasses everything from selling customer service accounts, um, you know, government legislation, taxation, Mm. etc., delivery of the product, warranties. There's a whole stack of stuff that goes on in business, as you would know. And I think it's very important when somebody's new to business that they just jump online and find some resources to get themselves trained and in particular um, I think that one of the key aspects of that self-education would be sales training. Yeah okay because uh, you know for somebody who like we think back to that example of your of your pizza people um, you know by the sounds of it and and, you know I'm I'm making this up slightly because I didn't you didn't I didn't learn too much about them as people, but they were passionate about what they're doing. But the chances are they're passionate about making really beautiful pizzas. Um, and their skill set might be in that side of the uh, business rather than the actual process of selling. Uh, but, as, but as you've alluded to there, you know, there are so many ways that if, if sales is what we need to know, you know, we can, there are so many fantastic videos online we can uh buy you know a fantastic book for you know in, a, in our bookshop on sales you know there are so many things that we can do but you know i see it and you must see it so many people who 
struggle with sales, but just don't spend any time trying to upskill in that area? Well, like anything in business, sales is just another process. Mm. So the buyer goes through a, a journey in their own mind, at which point they'll make they'll come to a point where they think, yes, that's what I want to do. I want to move forward on that that purchase. But um, from a selling point of view, it's about solving a problem for the customer and offering your solution to that problem. And that's not really the angle that you naturally come from. So there there is a lot to, to gain from investing in some self-education in that field. Yeah, and tell me, you know, you've, you've worked in business uh, for a long time yourself. Um, you've worked in, in, you know, been employed as well, uh, uh, sort, of, sort of around that. Have you picked up your own sort of sales um, expertise from experience or have you, how, you know, how did, how did you kind of get to, uh, to kind of master or understand the whole process? Well, like most people, I fumbled and made mistakes and, you know, did the whole learning curve myself. So definitely um, would have loved to have done some self-education a bit earlier on than um, have to learn the hard way. Mm. But uh, I still today spend several hours a week uh, just listening to audios in the car or, you know, reading books and, and just picking up and tuning and keeping my mind active all the time with new information so mm. on, online resources such as udemy or other online training are yeah. quite affordable there's youtube which is mostly free yeah. um different you know small um business podcasts or organizations such as flying solo so yeah there's a there's a lot of resource out there um, mm. the, the tax office even has educational yes it certainly does yeah they put a lot of effort into that in the last few years so you know your background is, as i mentioned in the intro there very much in sort of in a financial accounting space um so sales possibly at the outset wasn't something that came naturally to you i mean did you have a did you have an interest in it or is it some is it is it sort of by necessity that you've developed an interest in it I think one of the misconceptions that people have with a business is that if you have a business, that the customers just automatically come. Mm. So marketing is the other aspect. So sales and marketing are two separate things. Yeah. But marketing is the other the other aspect of, of gaining customers, attracting customers, reaching the target market, educating your potential clients that you're, you're there. Um, so I, I wouldn't say that I had a... a pre-interest in selling but if you have a business you need to get you need to have it yeah and And marketing yeah and sales and marketing now i mean i'm I'm interested from from, like from just from your perspective here is it something have you come to sort of enjoy it and love it or is it still something where it's kind of okay i need to do that you know you say that you spend a number of hours a week you know listening to audio or, or reading or studying does it come easily or are you kind of dragging yourself to it? Well, the last six years, as, as you mentioned previously, I had a business and then I went back to employment and I've got a business again and there's been so many changes in marketing. Mm. Um, so whatever I was using previously just wasn't working this, uh, you this know, time in around. A different. That's yeah. right. And 
So there was a, a really significant learning curve around the marketing side of things that I had to invest in myself. Hmm. So social media, um, the you know that kind of different approach. Whereas previously, if you invested in Google AdWords, that would bring customers, but that that's kind of changed a lot in the yes, last okay. six, six years. So or do so. you find yourself? Um, sorry, I'm just really prying into into your business. That's now. okay. Do you find yourself enjoying that? I mean, is it for someone? Oh, I love it. It's, oh, okay. it's actually fascinating. It, it's fascinating from the angle of the the, the way that people operate, um, mm. the way society operates, you know, where people are spending their, their time, how you reach people, what it is that drives somebody to um, be interested. Yes. So you've the got to get somebody's attention. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. right. So there's there's a model that says, you know, you first you've got the, got to get the customer's attention yes. and you've got to get their interest, um, then, you know, build desire and yeah. then create a call for action like they need to act. So there's no point getting somebody kind of interested and, and looking at your stuff but then there's Not no action anything. to take yeah. for them to actually make contact with you. So a lot of, um, I know it, we're all, you know, trying to unsubscribe frantically from everything we subscribe to each week. But right. um, there's offering free free resources or, or something sure, that to will get encourage interested. someone to to yeah. give you their their attention and their email or whatever it is so that you can then build a relationship basically. Business yeah. is relationships. Yeah. Look that was uh, I I got you where I wanted to, to get to but I wasn't I didn't I just generally didn't know whether you were going to say that, but I mean, it's interesting. Uh, I've worked with a number of people who've come into a small business with a passion for their product or service, but really, um, in many cases, uh, not necessarily a dislike, but no desire to really get very involved in sales or marketing. But um, I've not ever seen as I've never seen a situation where somebody who starts to take a few steps in that direction doesn't then start to feel the way you just described, which is mm. they get interested because it is, it's about psychology and human behavior and understanding, you know, the path that people take to become a customer. It's fascinating. And I think for anybody running a small business, anybody listening now who's struggling with sales and marketing, please, please, please remember what Naomi just said, you know, when you, get yourself when you do start to immerse in it it gets really quite exciting doesn't it it becomes an enjoyable process because it's it's like a, a little sort of cat and mouse kind of um you know activity and it, it becomes enjoyable in your business well i always think about it that if the customer has a need then what you're offering is actually helping the customer so we're actually providing help or, or a solution to a customer for something mm. that they're looking for. So it's it's actually quite rewarding when you can, you know, find a customer that fits your business and then deliver well to that customer. Yeah, look, I agree. And it's, you know, interesting just talking about the, uh, the wood-fired pizza people again. You know, my son plays um, sport at the weekends with his school. <clears throat> and I remember, um, I think it was the beginning of last year, when you know when these events, when all the parents drag themselves along, and you know we sort of want to be there, and we sort of half of us don't want to be there, um, and then a wood-fired pizza arrived on a trolley one day, <laughs> um, and gosh, did that change things? 
because suddenly you know there was uh, we had some decent sort of snacks that people could eat at, at the end of matches um the boys were happy to hang around there with their with their parents you know it really transformed the place um but you know i hadn't thought about this before but it's because this little company turned up with a wood fire pizza you know so talk about a need there was a need um and they satisfied it and we were all very pleased and from a business the, that business owner's perspective if they did sit there and observe it which i'm sure they did that must have been somewhat satisfying i would think business can be very satisfying <clears throat> i think mm. other than the fact that we you know may want a different financial um you know future for ourselves i i think that one of the reasons people go into business is because they do enjoy the actual reward that comes with being able to um be responsible for delivering that to that to yeah, people absolutely okay well look that's so terrific so naomi i think it's been a great kind of you know discussion around that that startup gap i love the process that you talked about there where we really pull the processes of a business you know to each and every step we can have a look at the things that we can outsource and clearly you know businesses such as your your own business and and a number of outsourcing businesses are places where these days we can get so many of the things that are taking us away from where we need to be we can get those things done by somebody else um, and i think it's such a good point to just have a look at you know understanding sales and marketing or for other people it might be you understand sales and marketing but you don't understand finance you know the same thing applies is there so many tools there you mentioned udemy which is that u d e m y a great sort of online training resource very inexpensive as you say um so that's terrific now look naomi where can we go to find out a little bit about a little bit more about you and the work that you do well you could visit our website so that's turnkeyreceptionist.com.au so our primary business is to uh, deliver customer service to clients for our customers and um, that's via answering the telephone. So we've got lovely receptionists that will do the first point of sale or or just simple receptionists. Yeah, so definitely check out our website. That would be great. Okay, fantastic. And also, as I say at the, at the beginning, you publish a number of articles on Flying Solo so people can find you there. So Naomi, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks, Rob. It was, it was really enjoyable. Good, thank you. Look, before I go, don't forget that when it comes to creating a truly enjoyable and prosperous business, Flying Solo gets you. Premium membership has all the tips and tools you need for just $99. Head to the join page to learn more. And that's where we'll leave this show from Flying Solo and your host, Robert Gerrish. We'd love to receive feedback, even a brief review for those listening via iTunes. If you're planning to start a business or rejuvenate the one you're in, check out our bestseller, Flying Solo, How to Go It Alone in Business. It includes everything we know about working on your own. And of course, we invite you to dive into the resources and supportive community at flyingsolo.com.au.